Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the Voice First Roundtable. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to help people become better interactive content creators. Our guest today is Dr. Ahmed Bouzid, who is the founder and CEO of Witlingo, a software company based in Virginia that builds products and solutions for voice-first devices and platforms such as Alexa, Google's Assistant, and Microsoft's Cortana. Prior to Witlingo, Dr. Bouzid was head of Alexa's smart home product at Amazon, as well as VP of product and innovation at Angel.com. Dr. Bouzid is also co-founder and director of the Ubiquitous Voice Society, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the mission of evangelizing the emerging voice interface, as well as author of two books on voice user interface design, and happy to say the keynote speaker of the Alexa conference coming up in January, Dr. Bouzid, say hello. Hello. Hello, Bradley. Thank you so much for your invitation. I am very honored to be with you. First of all, congratulations on the initiative. Um, I think uh, you're doing a great service as well as you being smart in terms of being the first out there to, um, to I believe, uh, lead um, in a field that is only going to uh, emerge and, and uh, hopefully uh, grow in a very, very um, interesting way as we follow it from the beginning, the beginnings of it. So congratulations. I appreciate that, and certainly thank you for your time and, and sharing your expertise and your perspectives with us. Before we get into things, let me thank our two sponsors. The first one is the Alexa Conference, which is the annual gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts. You can learn more and get registered at alexaconference.com. The second is Forthcast. Forthcast, F-O-U-R-T-H-C-A-S-T, Turns your podcast into a custom Alexa skill. Get started at forthcast.com. So, Dr. Bouzid, let's get started. And again, thank you for uh, just your generosity, sharing your time with us. Uh, you're, uh, it's very much appreciated. I want to start by simply asking you, um, what is Witlingo? Well, Witlingo is a... I'll call it a software as a service company, and it's important uh, to note that, um, meaning our clients, um, and mainly they are enterprises, they come to us and we take care of launching um, from beginning to end, meaning researching, designing, building, hosting, um, developing, and so forth, a, an Alexa skill, a Google Action or Cortana skill. Uh, our our key our key focus really is on ensuring that we deploy highly usable value delivering um, skills or actions. Um, I think what we are witnessing now are, is the first generation of these um, let's call them voice conversations or conversation experiences. Uh, and uh, like just like we saw with the um, with the iPhone and with the Android um, with the mobile apps, the first generation and the websites as well. The first generation of these products was, um, you know, not highly usable and was not very clear on the value. Uh, and so we saw an opportunity to, from the very get-go, since I've been in this field forever and I understood the challenge, the challenge that um, anyone who wants to get into the field of building and launching these, um, these skills, um, especially for the enterprise, uh, meaning for companies that have a logo and have a client base and they care about their brand and they 
and they have money to spend and and they um, and they buy into and understand that um, the Alexas and the Google Homes and Cortanas of the world are going to be uh, a channel in their own right. Um, just like today, you know, the mobile app. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think you can call a company uh, kosher, so to speak, if they don't have a mobile app or if they don't have a website, right? I think sure. in, the, in the very near future, I think it's going to be the same, more or less, where um, the customer is going to expect to be able to interact with the brand by just speaking. Whether and it you is, guys are a, mm -hmm. a uh, Amazon preferred developer. Well, we are a partner of Amazon. We're a preferred okay. developer as well as Google, as well as Cortana. We are uh, not position to do only Amazon or, or Google, or, right? No, we we understand just like uh, just like a, uh, a company is not going to build only an iPhone app, they are going to be, um, build an iPhone, a Google, uh, and uh, and when it was uh, a, a Microsoft um, app, that, uh, we believe at least this is at least our bet that uh, companies will want to be on as many platforms as possible. Sure, and you guys are vetted for for all of those. Yes, and, yes, we are. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's great, and so. Uh, tell me, um, so you guys develop uh, skills and, and voice applications for the enterprise, as you said, and I want to get into one of the mm -hmm. topics that you actually provided. Um, what about uh, what about the individual that wants to develop an Alexa skill or a, or a Google mm -hmm. skill? Um, talk to me about what you think needs to happen with monetization of voice skills in order to progress the industry forward. Yeah, of course. So I think I think we saw uh, we saw a, um, in the at least in the App Store, um, both in the App Store and Google Home, we saw definitely a, a a spike in both numbers of of apps as well as the quality of the apps when monetization was introduced. Now, as uh, maybe your uh, the listeners are not aware of how much it costs. To build a mobile app, but a mobile app is not a cheap thing to do if you're not building something that is a toy, right? So if you're building, uh, I don't know, a mobile app for Taco Bell or a mobile app that does something uh, that is uh, that is not trivial, uh, the average the average cost um, to build a mobile app is two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. That is the average cost. There are apps that um, I have a, I have a, I have figures in front of me here, but eleven percent. Um, of apps are more than a million dollars, right? 18% um, are more than $500,000. So it's very expensive to build a mobile app of high quality. It is very expensive to build a skill that is of high quality. In fact, I would say, I'd venture to say that um, it's much more expensive to build a business grade skill than it is to build a business grade mobile app today, uh, if for no other reason than the fact that the people with the skill to build these skills, um, pardon the redundancy there, the, the talent to build these skills is very scarce, right? People who know how to design for voice are not a commodity. People who know how to build skills are not a commodity. And so <clears throat> if, you, um, if you want to build a great skill that will have both value and is highly, um, is highly usable, it is not going to be done by a single developer. It's going to be done by a team. So somebody has to, who knows how to research for, for voice, for value. Somebody who knows goes to the field and has, has has been targeted by a, a a product marketer who says, "I would like to build a skill for seniors, right? Who are of a certain condition." That person, that field researcher, will need to go out and they will need to collect information from the ground, from real people. 
and then hand over that information to the product manager who then will go over the findings and identify the MVP, the minimum viable product. Uh, and they will work with the UX designer who then will think about the experience and they will design the experience and they will test the experience and they will uh, identify assumptions and so on and so forth. And only after all of that is done, specs are written up by the product manager and the UX person, right? Um, product manager for, for features and the UX person for exactly how the experience should sound like. I'm talking about what should it say, how should it say it, how does it behave with a first-time user, how does it behave with the multiple-time user, how does it handle errors, how does it handle errors of a certain type, what happens when when there is a lot of noise, and so on. There are, uh, you know, all those are things that need to be considered before you, you, you hand over a, uh, a, a, a development-ready um, document. Then, then, and only then, does development begin. What we see today is a coder, by virtue of having access to Alexa Skills Kit or the Google um, Kit or the Cortana, by, by virtue of having access, they can then just very quickly zip through everything and, and spend 10 minutes thinking about, hey, it would be cool to do, to do this, this, and that. And of course, I can, I can design a flow. You know, it doesn't take a lot of brain to design a flow. And what you end up with are highly unusable skills that don't deliver value um, because they were not researched and they were not done by a professional. So. I think um, when you monetize something, what you are attracting are, um, are, are business types, people who want to make money on the platform. And those are the people who are going to assemble the team to build something that will make them a million dollars. Let's say a skill, I build a skill that a million people will want and each one of them is going to pay 99 cents. Right? Um, I can imagine that happening uh, and I can imagine, sure. I can imagine somebody pitching it to a VC and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on building these skills and, and, and let's say, I don't know, educational skills and moms will buy these, these skills. Let's say a skill that allows you to memorize a poem, you know, um, a mom will buy it for their kid uh, for 99 cents and a million moms will buy it. And, and that's just one idea. And there are millions of ideas. So you can see that businesses actually, whole businesses can be built around, um, around building skills that people will want to pay something for. So and you hence, know, you know Amazon. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So you know Amazon well. Why, in your opinion, have they not monetized the Alexa skills marketplace yet? I, in other I, words, I, well, you, uh -huh. uh, allowing developers to sell their Alexa. Obviously, you can monetize it through, through in-app purchases, but selling the skill out of the marketplace. Why have they not done that yet? They just haven't gotten to it, or some strategic reason? I, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. I can I can only say that we what we are seeing is not an anomaly. All right, uh, we saw the same thing with Apple. We saw the same thing with Google. You don't you don't come out of the gates with um, monetization. You come out of the gates with an SDK and and just see and seeing what you know where's the traction and all that. Um, but my, my, my point simply is that monetization needs to happen uh, if you are going to see the value, uh, of, if you are going to see the ecosystem thrive. And it is an ecosystem. It's not a collection of developers. It's an ecosystem of um, field researchers and designers and testers and coders and beta managers and marketers and, and people who know how to, um, you know, how to iterate and product managers and all that. Right? So it's an ecosystem of people that will be assembled by, you know, entrepreneurs who will want to make money and see a path to making money because they've done their research and are able to, 
to uh, capitalize, um, um, meaning they are able to raise funds and so forth. So I, uh, I think I don't think it's an anom anomaly that uh, Amazon and Google and and Cortana have not yet come up with the monetization. Um, I think it's just you know it's it's going to happen sooner or later. But I think whoever comes out with it first, I think they are going to see the traction in terms of both of volume as well as in terms of quality. Most more importantly, I think quality, um, the quality of the skills that then. Uh, by necessity, because somebody is putting a lot of money into building a skill, will will think very very hard about making sure that they've they've crossed their T's and dotted their I's, make sure that whatever they're building is not a, is not something that is junk. Sure, yeah, we we need that. The Alexa skills marketplace needs that. I'm sure the other ones do too. I think the world's ready for that. Let me ask you something else um, that I thought was interesting um, from what you uh, have put forth. Share with me and the people listening to this podcast, your vision for discovery um, in a skills marketplace. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you wrote in this, in this Google doc that, uh, that you shared with me that, you know, you, you view the app store model as a good MVP, but a no store model is the way to go. I, you know, explain, explain that. Mm -hmm. Well, Again, I, uh, I, I, these, this is an opinion, so I'm sure I, I, uh, I don't like it when somebody. It's an informed, they're very informed <laughs> opinion. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, I have been, I have been wrong many, many times. So this is simply an, an opinion on my end. But I believe that uh, I think it's very natural in a visual, um, in a visual um, ecosystem where you have something you're looking at, and you have a store you're looking at, and you have uh, you know logos, and you can read at your leisure. And you can say, I like this app. I don't like. I don't want this. I'm gonna try this app. And if you don't like it later on, you delete it. I think. I think it's a very natural. Uh, it's a very natural interface to be able to go and discover them through searching and so forth. Um, I think. I think voice is all about. Uh, is all about um, being as natural as possible, right? Meaning, being able to ask for things without with minimal effort uh, and without having to remember what you need to say, what you need to click on. Uh, and so that's what makes the the um, I think the the UI the voice UI both challenging and thrilling. It's challenging because wow, you know you have a lot of constraints. You know how are you going to surface this skill to people, and and how are they going to know what to say and what not to say, and how are you going to recover without causing a lot of grief in terms of you know we've, we've had those experiences with the IVR with the phone and it doesn't understand you and so on. So, so it's a very challenging, um, it's a very challenging interface, but it's it's thrilling in that it allows you to speak naturally and and when done well, uh, when done well, when when the when the when the uh, when the value and the design of the experience align uh, nicely, you can have a wonderful wonderful experience that you can't top. So, um, I think uh, I think discovery as such, um, discovery needs to happen. Uh, naturally, meaning I think the default when you engage with an assistant like Alexa or, or with Google uh, Assistant or with uh, Cortana, I think the default should be you should just ask it. You should say, um, you know, uh, Alexa, you know, what's the what's the stock, uh, what's the Facebook stock? How is the Facebook stock doing? And you should go and figure it out on its own. It should go and either give you that information out of the box if it has a box if it has a skill somewhere it needs to say uh, this particular skill here is doing pretty well so let me use that skill to deliver the information 
um, as opposed to you need to go and enable the scale and so forth. Now, to the credit of Google, they are they are trying to do that. They are trying to uh, to work towards you just speak and it will take care of things behind the scenes. Um, there are pluses and minuses on on both sides, right? So the plus of the the Alexa store is the is the fact that you you can piggyback on something that everybody understands, which is the App Store. So you go to the store, you look for stuff and all that, which is why I said it's good for an MVP. But I think and I think we'll see this as uh, especially that Alexa is um, has now tens of thousands of skills out there. I think I think I I, I believe and I hope and I think that this is where it's going by necessity that we will go towards a model where. You just ask for stuff, and and then you get and you get um, you get something back that's useful. And you, the user, you really don't care where it came from, whether it came from Amazon or third party. You don't care as long as the experience is great, and as long as you get what you what you want. Um, so I think discovery is going to you're not going to discover anything really. I think discovery is going to be moot uh, as a concept. I think what will happen is you will speak and you'll get things done and then and then, and then you expect it to behave like that and just like Steve Jobs said Steve Jobs said just works that simple well I th yeah no I, I I think everyone hopes uh that things work out like that I think the cynic uh in me would say all right if I'm asking uh, uh Alexa or Google Assistant uh, you know, I, I've got a couple hours to kill. I, I say uh, Google Assistant or OK Google or, uh, you know, Alexa. Mm -hmm. um, I want to play a game uh, for an hour uh, while I'm just sitting here. Uh, what should I play? Now, at, the, at that point where I've asked the, um, you know, the assistant to um, give me that sort of information that previously would have been searchable, I invite one of two things is going to happen. Uh, number one is, is sort of what you suggest, which is it gives me the actual best answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other thing that could happen is it, it, it ignores entirely whatever the actual best answer is and, and gives me some advertised um, product placement. So if I if, if really the best game, you know, my assistant knows me, it knows my context, uh, you know, it, it uh, it knows my the searches I've made. Uh, it knows, you know, I've listened to baseball news before, and it knows I'm, I'm a sports guy. And it knows there's this new baseball game for Alexa that uh, that's on the, uh, the Amazon's platform that could be a perfect fit. But it doesn't tell me that that's what I should play for the next hour because um, instead, this other company has uh, a wor a much worse, you know, very mediocre game. Uh, that they've paid uh, to have that placement um, and be advertised uh, instead. So, mm -hmm. you know, I I, uh, I I hear your hope uh, for um, uh, you know the vision that you've laid out. I just uh, I hope that advertising doesn't get in the way. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Google is uh, Google um, is very well aware. Or, or was very aware, uh, well aware of that uh, from the get-go. So their mission in their search engine is to give you the best results, right? Using whatever algorithms they have, and it, it, it and they are very adamant about ensuring that nobody uh, in any way uh, can insinuate um, or hint at the fact 
uh, or a hint that, that they are uh, promoting anything that is um, where they are being given money. So they, they clearly dem demarcate between ads and content that, uh, that is um, delivered you know, with the best intentions to deliver the best quality, right? Curated <laughs> content and so forth, right? I think, I think so that, that ethos, the ethos of, del of delivering quality to customers, I think, is, is expected. And as soon as suspicion arises that this assistant here is not giving you the best result, but it's giving you a result that's sponsored, um, I think there'll be a backlash. I don't think, I think these companies are mature enough not to go that way um, uh, because the user is sophisticated enough to understand or to feel or suspect that there is something that is not uh, completely on uh, the up and up as far as that is concerned. Um, so I, 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 again, this is completely my opinion. I think they will steer away from that. If they are going to do advertising, it's going to be clear advertising, uh, and they will. Uh, uh, but they will. They will make sure that nobody suspects that what they are delivering is something that is uh, not um, uh, putting the interest of the customer best. That's I hope my, you're. Yeah. yeah, no, I hope you're. I hope you're right. Uh, I certainly hope you're right. Let me shift gears a moment and ask you uh, another question. Mm -hmm. So um, you're very involved with uh, spreading the word about voice uh, and voice first technology, and uh, you know you're the co-founder of the Ubiquitous Voice Society. Let me let me ask you um, if you were speaking to a group of uh, high school seniors or a group of college uh, undergraduate uh, seniors or, or even folks in uh, in graduate school or, or in, in some stage of, of education, um, what would you, and, and someone asked you, what skills do I need to be cultivating um, in my own personal skill set? What do I need to be learning mm -hmm. to participate in this new uh, computing era of voice technology that we're uh, quickly finding ourselves in? Yeah, that's a great question. That's what, that's, that's what, um, motivated me to to launch this organization um, because I believe that um, the voice, the conversational interface, is going to uh, pull into the fold lots of people who were excluded from, say, the mobile, uh, the mobile revolution and the social revolution, perhaps, and and so forth. I think by virtue of it being language centric, it's all about language. All about conversation. It's all about being able to have a uh, to craft prompts that are crisp and clean and clear, and where you're able to think about the customer or the user uh, in the context of an of a, of a, of a, um, what is usually a human to human conversation. But in this case, a human to computer conversation. But still, where the computer is acting like a human. So. People who have who have done psychology, for example, who are, or people who are anthropologists who know how to study people uh, in terms of their environment, because um, you know you, you look at two people talking to each other and you can learn a lot about how how to do a how to build and design a great conversation. So people who know how to write clearly and cleanly, um, who are good like English majors, right? Uh, about people who are in I don't know, in the theater, who can or, or can write playwrights, uh, who, who are in, who think about roles, right? So you have a role that's that the assistant is assuming, and that role has a has a um, that, that role has a character and has an integrity, and and they say things in a certain way because they have a personality, and and having those 
sensitivities and uh, sensibilities uh, uh, allow you to have a to play to play a, a part in in that in that collection of people who make uh, a great skill you could be a field researcher if you're an anthropologist you could be a prompt crafter and UX designer if you are if you are if you're good at English and you know how to convert thoughts into into language if you're a playwright you can be part of the UX design um, so there is what's exciting really is we can pull a lot of people in from uh, the humanities and the social sciences um, linguistics for example that were just didn't fit I mean a linguist doesn't fit very well in I would say a mobile app development environment right because language is not that centric central somebody who is visual who thinks about um, the visual interaction who understands colors and clashes and fitting colors and so forth uh, 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 would be would fit there but somebody who is not a visual designer right somebody who's a who's a who's a, who's a designer of, of conversation designer of language crafter of language um, didn't have a spot there and I think that's what makes me very excited I'm very much a fan of the humanities and the social sciences and so it just makes me um, thrilled that um, um, I'm able to go and evangelize to a whole swath of very smart kids who now hopefully will be able to partake in the in the new revolution of you know an, an immense revolution I think that awaits us awaits us that's awesome. So I appreciate uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Let me address um, your other things you've got going on. You've got your second edition of "Don't Make Me Tap" coming out. When is that? Uh, yeah. When is that being released? So we're finalizing the the, uh, the manuscript, the second version of it, second edition of it, um, sometime end of this month, early next month. So probably sometime in early August, mid August, we should be seeing it. Um, being available to um, you know to to the those the folks out there who, who would be interested in reading it. And what is "Don't Make Me Tap" about? So it's 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 all about uh, in uh, providing um, providing designers with uh, the basics of how to design a great uh, voice experience, a far field one, eyes free, hands free, not one that is based on a mobile. So we 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 believe, I believe that um, the, fo the form factor, the, the natural form factor for voice is, is something that, is f that you don't have to touch and, and, and look at. It's something that you speak with, you speak to. Uh, and so Don't Make Me Tap is a play on Don't Make Me Think, uh, which is a classic in, uh, in design for, for the visual. Here, Don't Make Me Tap is Don't Force Me to Tap on Something or, or Type on Something or Swipe on Something. I just want to say something uh, and have you uh, please respond to me quickly, succinctly, and let me go on with my life uh, kind of a thing. And that's available on Amazon and the second edition will be available on Amazon? Yes. The first one is available today and the second one uh, definitely will be available sometime in mid-August. Y'all need to go buy that. You're listening to this. <laughs> go buy that. Uh, stop what you're doing. Go buy that. And then the other thing... Uh, that we have not discovered uh, covered so far is the Witlingo conference. So tell us uh, what you're planning on doing with uh, with yeah. this Witlingo conference. Yeah. So the conference is slated for um, early uh, second week of January. It is going to be, happen in Salt Lake City. It's going to coincide with the Sundance Festival, um, and so um, we will be. Um, in essence, as I was saying, the theme really is to pull in. Uh, people from the social sciences, the humanities, and uh, and talk about voice, but also talk about um, topics that are dear to my heart, which is 
what's happening to, to, to our society as a result of automation. What has happened to our society as a result of the mobile app um, being everywhere and the way it has, I believe, mangled the way we interact with each other and what are the what are the pluses and minuses of the new interface, I'll call it the conversational interface, which I'm hoping is going to give us some of that um, some of some of that natural way of interacting with the world back where you don't have to always be looking at something and tapping on something to do something. You're able to read a book and ask for the time without having to stop and look at your your uh, smartphone and then find out that you have a text and see a message there and with, before you know it you're one hour into your uh, your Facebook uh, and forgot completely about your book right so so the conference is really all about um, about voice but also about AI and about the the adjacent issues of uh, of automation and labor displacement there's a lot of interesting stuff the program will be We'll be announcing at the end of June, so you'll have a pro uh, the program um, published on our website, and I'll make sure um, you know in social media, and I'll let you know as well, so you can help us spread the word. Sure, yeah, and and for folks who uh, you know people can see you there, people can see you keynote uh, the Alexa conference either way, and have access to your your expertise. That's that's exciting, and you got a lot going on. Thank you, Sarah. You, you too. And I, again, I want to congratulate you. This the initi this initiative is fantastic. I'm I'm really thrilled, and uh, I'm going to be looking forward to listening to uh, to future podcasts uh, as you invite uh, smart people, um, smart people who will be talking about um, about this emerging uh, emerging space. We need as smart people as I can find because I'm just not that smart, and and I appreciate uh, your you know it's it's interesting to see all the different companies coming into the space and, and doing different things and um, yep. what you're doing with Witlingo uh, is something people should pay attention to. Dr. Buzid, thank you very much for your time and thank your you. generosity today, mm -hmm. and until next time.